Welcome to the Sense of Soul podcast. We are your hosts, Shannon and Mandy. Grab your coffee, open your mind, heart, and soul. It's time to awaken. So welcome, Maritza. She joins us from Spain. She is an expert in empathy, which is one of my favorite topics, and the author of The Art of Empathy. Hi. Hi. How are you, ladies? Good. How are you? Good morning. Good. What time is it there? So now it's 6.30 p.m. We're like just getting up, drinking our coffee. (laughs) I live in the future, ladies. Barcelona is pretty as it looks. Yes. (laughs) Even prettier, but I'm not very objective. I'm from the city, so I love it. It's definitely on my bucket list. Have you been to America? I lived in America, in Florida. Really? Yes. Beautiful. Can you tell us how your journey started? What led you here to discovering this, or have you always been an empath? I wasn't really aware that I was an empath until I moved to the state, because I feel that when you change your surroundings and the people that you are with, this is when sometimes you do sort of an inner journey and you realize about who you are, because everything around you changes, but you don't. And so when you're in another environment, for me, being in America, it was like, what's, what's happening? Uh, like, I started feeling that I was very empathic. Some toxic people were very drawn to me. So I, I started relearning about myself. And this is where I came across with um, empathy. And I started studying empathy and narcissism, boundaries. The result of my journey has all the things that I've learned for myself that I wanted to share with others that were having the same challenges. And I feel that when we learn something, uh, sharing is the best because it's where we can explain to other people what works for us and everybody can pick what they want from there and apply it to their own life. Nice. Mm-hmm. I, I totally agree. I grew up being this very sensitive, highly sensitive child who was, you know, made fun of because I was such a crybaby and really looked at it as almost a curse that I was so sensitive. Discovering that part of me was that that was the beginning of my journey. And I I share that all the time. Do you talk to our listeners about the difference between an empath and a highly sensitive person? Yes. So to me, a highly sensitive person is a person that has, it's scientific terms, but this is something that was studied, that there are parts of the brain that work in a different way on how you perceive information from your senses, right? So there is a more in-depth processing of information, you are sensitive to sound, you get overwhelmed when you are in crowded spaces, like there are different things that are scientifically proven. Um, the empath concept is not scientifically proven, but there are some psychologists like Judith Orloff that she says that uh, the empath experience is more of a body experience. So a highly sensitive person has certain traits that are scientifically proven on how they work in their brain and how they perceive things. But an empath is more the connection uh, with other people's feelings. So it's not only an empathy from a conceptual uh, perspective, like you explain a situation and I can put myself in your shoes because I get what, uh, what you're going through. But if you and I would be in the same room and you would come in, I could just feel you. So you don't have to tell me 
how are you feeling? Because I just feel it. And it's not about a mental construct or imagining the situation, but it's more like a sixth sense, let's say, right? So it's like a, a body sensation of other people's feelings. And sometimes this sounds very woo-woo, but it's really uh, what's called the mirroring self. It's a scientific thing. Like we mirror other people's feelings. It's just that some people, we have these cells are very, very tuned. And so instead of just uh, feeling the surface of that, we just feel it a lot more and we just feel it in our bodies. So this is where sometimes there is these, this perception that uh, impacts our, our roller coaster emotionally because when you feel other people's feelings and you are not aware that they are not yours, uh, this is where things get messy because you might be very happy in the morning and then you, you stumble across someone who's angry and then you're angry. This is a real thing. Like they, this happens to a lot of people. And, and I feel that we don't talk openly that much about this because we don't like things that we don't understand. So that anybody who has gone through that situation or is something that they live with in their daily basis, can, can see in their heads what I'm saying, because this happens when, when you interact with people uh, and your emotions get affected by that. So this awareness of uh, how you operate and, and how you uh, interact with other people and how your feelings, you get their feelings, it's something very important to start uh, being aware and then put measures in place. So you can still feel the connection, but this, this doesn't overwhelm you in a way that it makes your life difficult. Great description. So what kind of things do you suggest? I know there's probably a million, but what kind of things do you suggest for people like highly sensitive people in order for them to thrive in the world? What kind of uh, boundaries would they need to put in place? So, I mean, there, there are lots of things, but uh, I'm just going to pick a, a couple. I would say the first thing that, that we all need to work on, highly sensitive or not, is self-awareness. Mm -hmm. before you can do something about it, you need to be aware of what's going on. And this is just the basics for anything you want to do, right? So you need to pay attention to yourself because there is no way that others will understand you if you don't understand what's going inside you. So paying attention is the key. And you can do that in different ways. To me, one of the most powerful ways is labeling. So we have thoughts and we have feelings and we can label them. I feel angry, I feel sad, I feel happy right now. Because our brain loves categories. Our brain loves when it has a definition and can put this red box. So let's use our automated behaviors to get advantage of that. So understanding how we are feeling and if this is something that comes from inside us or it's an outside emotion that we're feeling, it's very, very important. Yeah, it's, it's not only awareness of your thoughts, which is important, but it's about feelings and also body sensations. Like we've always had intuition sometimes. It's just, um, it's, it's not given the importance that, that it shared. Uh, to me, intuition is important. I think that sometimes we get into a place and we just have like this feeling in our stomach, like something is like closing up, like mm -hmm. something's going on. You get into a meeting room and, and mm, you can cut the air. You don't know what, what's going on, but you just can feel it. Right. So this kind of body sensations, this awareness that this happening, it's also important. And at the beginning, it's just everything is all together in a mush and you don't know how to fill it up. But I would say start small, you know, the things that you control and the things that you are aware and then 
start growing from there. Because the moment that you are aware of every single thing, it will help you have a different perspective of, of things. You can end up thinking, again, you're an emotional roller coaster or that there's something wrong with you, but there's, there's nothing wrong with you, girl. It's just then you are feeling things that you don't have in the right box yet. Bringing awareness to your body and then bringing awareness to if that is something from the outside world or from, or from something within. I love that. Yeah. So you are an expert in empathy and highly sensitive people, and you go in and coach companies and individuals how to reach their potential goals. So do you like go into big corporations? So I, I, I do trainings in companies and group coaching. So I really like to tailor things into what people need because it's a very broad topic. And to me, not everything fits the mold. Right? You might go into a place or to a company that they have a subset of problems and then you go to another company and they have another subset of problems uh, or they have different skill sets, different abilities, different types of people. And of course, there are common topics in there. Right? One of the main things that I work on is how do we create empathic environments where people can thrive and be authentic? Because when you are part of a team that feels free to say what they think out loud, that they don't feel judged and that they are not blamed, these people are productive as hell because they just feel good going to work. And sometimes we focus on the wrong things. You know, we focus on what are we gonna give the employees for them to do what they should do. But what about just uh, trying to give them a safe space? And that is one of the main things. Uh, but it's not the things where companies have the focus on, at least not all of them. I wish they would because this is what makes people thrive. And if people thrive, companies thrive. Mm-hmm. I love yeah, that. Yeah, I'm fortunate. I actually, we're, I'm a massage therapist. So most of the people that I work with are empaths because that's why they're in that line of work to begin with. I do believe that all of us have a level of empathy that we can you know, tap into. But can you explain why an empath is kind of like magnetic forces with the narcissistic personality? Yes. So to me, empaths and narcissists are opposite sides of a coin. Right? What empaths do is they feel drawn to people. They feel their feelings. And so this makes them connect. Right. So narcissist uh, is a trait, is a personality trait or a pathology, depending on who you ask that it's deficient in empathy. But the truth is, they have the same exact ability. They are extremely good at understanding human behavior, patterns, weaknesses, right? So what they do is, what narcissists do is, they pierce the different layers of the empath to a very core place where the empath feels safe. And if they, uh, what they do is they mess up with their attachment system. Right? Empaths are people who are drawn to narcissists because in the end, they are a mirror to each other in a sense, right? So what one is lacking, the other one has. So there is this attraction of, you know, the opposites attract in a way. And what the empath sees is their light reflected on the narcissist. And this is extremely powerful. So what the narcissist does is tries to give a mirror to the empath. So they think that the light they see in them is the narcissist light when it's actually their own light. But their light goes 
off <laughs> little by little because what these people do is they use mind games. They use psychological techniques to mind your self-esteem and uh, to change your perception of reality to a point where you don't know what to believe anymore, right? And so what they do is they just pierce all those layers until they go to your attachment system and they mess up with your sense of reality. So you think that they are all your world and that without them, you can't really operate on a daily basis. You become dysfunctional. I always say, when you look at the vampire movies, this is exactly what it looks like, okay? Mm -hmm. uh, they just don't have fangs, folks. They just don't have <laughs> fangs and they don't have a cape, but it's the exact same thing. You know, the glamouring piece of it, this is when they project the light of the empath into the empath. So they get drawn, you know, to the narcissist, right? So this is the glamouring piece where they just uh, glamour you with all mm -hmm. that charm and everything. Is it possible for a narcissist and an empath to be productive in a workplace? I think it's possible. But I think the empath has to be extremely strong, right? Because, you know, the narcissistic tendencies is I'm going to get everything I want from you because I know your weaknesses, I know your strengths, and I know exactly how to get what I want from you. So if the empath is not aware, you know, that you are an empath, what are your abilities, and it's in a space of people-pleasing, trying to be loved by others, then the empath is always going to lose in that situation, right? If the empath is a trained empath where you understand, you know, who you are and how you should function, I think it can be productive because it's going to put the personal boundaries, which are based to that. And so the narcissist person will only get as far as you let them go. What's the line between having empathy and being codependent? Mm -hmm. So having empathy to me means that you are able to put yourself in somebody else's shoes, right? This doesn't mean that the relationship you have, you have with that person needs to be a dependent relationship. So you are my friend and I love you and I want to support you. But if you want me to support you in a way that I am not able to do, then this is a dependency you have on how you want me to be your friend, right? There is not only one way to do that. There are many different ways. And healthy relationships are defined by accepting the other person as they are. And you might need their, their support. You might need, you know, uh, a call at 2 a.m. in the morning and, and, and crying like crazy. But this doesn't mean that the other person needs to live their life or do exactly what you want. So to me, the, the warning signs of, of codependency or dependency is when you cannot operate without the other person or there are certain needs that you have that you need the other person to fulfill. I think this is a huge mistake. Uh, sometimes we think that we don't have any, everything we need and we are operating from uh, a lacking space. We feel that we lack something that the other person needs to complete. This is not what it is. So we are complete. The other person complements us. And, and this is the key point. This is where you create interdependent relationships and not codependent ones. So it's pretty important for an empath to learn how to say no. Oh, definitely. 
yeah, I would train everybody on how to say no. Saying no is great. What? It's hard to do it with compassion because you've been giving, giving, giving your whole life. When you say no, they're like, what? You can't say no to me. You've never said no to me. You don't love me. There is a revolution in the system. When you are a people pleaser, you, the system works, right? Everybody knows what to do. If you stop being a people pleaser, the system's like, what's going on? <laughs> I mean, why is she not doing what she was always doing? And so what the system does is they push in your position. Like you need to be a people pleaser and you have to do that. You know? And so there is resistance. There is resistance because there is a piece of the puzzle that changed, but the other pieces didn't change. But the truth is, to me, what I've discovered is that saying no can be very easy. And the keys are really a couple. When you are authentic, saying no, it's not only easy, but it's incredibly comfortable. Because when you say what you think and you do what you feel, there is nothing that is disjointed within you. So if you're asking me if I want to go to the party this Saturday, and I say, listen, um, I'm not sure how I'm going to feel on Saturday. So I would rather say no to you now. If I feel like I would go, I would. Okay. I will let you know. That is an honest answer. If I start saying to you, uh, yeah, well, you know, I don't know if I'm going to make, this is really uncomfortable for everybody. It's just, it's really uncomfortable. First, for you, because sometimes you say, yeah, yeah, I'll just, I'll just come. And then four days later, you're just thinking about, do I really want to go there? I should go there. You're jogging yourself there. It's just, it's really exhausting. Not saying knowing. We don't want to do that because we feel people are not going to love us if we are authentic. But I can promise you, when we are authentic, we are only surrounded by the people who love us. And you don't want to be surrounded with other kind of people. So uh, you would rather, I think that it's, uh, it's a good investment to be authentic because you need to be you. Everybody else is taken. I love that. If you say it from your soul and you're being authentic, then there'll be no discontent and the people will understand. Yeah. And if they don't, they don't. And that's okay too. You know, if you're being authentic and you're saying, listen, I don't want to go. And someone gets angry about this. Sorry. I mean, it's not my responsibility that you get angry. That, that's on you. I said what I wanted to say. And if you mm. don't accept that, this means that you don't accept my freedom of choice. And if you don't accept my freedom of choice, I'm sorry. You're so not in my circle. <laughs> you are not part of my tribe. Oh my yeah, God, I love I, it's, it, You know, but it's, it's spring cleaning to me. Like I feel being authentic just uh, makes people fall out of your life. And and that's okay too. Because of how you behave, these people stick around because they, they get something out from you. You need to be aware of what you want to give. You should call it the summer solstice cleaning. <laughs> oh yeah, for sure. <laughs> yeah, everything you said, I had to learn the hard way. So I appreciate you writing a book and like you said, and sharing it with others because, and that's like what we did as well. When you're going through it, it's kind of difficult find that self-awareness and then pausing and to sit with yourself and saying, wait a second, this energy that's making me upset or sad or feel obligated to someone else's feelings, like that's not mine. The obligation of somebody else's happiness is not yours. 
to carry. And so to have that discernment and sit and feel that, and then in pausing to decide what you're going to do instead of just impulsively say yes or or put yourself into a situation is so important. And when I was going through it, it was very hard. And I had read so many books on how to do it. Never an empath book though. Books like Codependency No More and Boundaries. But I wasn't practicing it because I hadn't sat with myself and actually truly felt it, like you said, because it is a physical thing. Like if you are an empath, it's something that once you connect to, can actually rely on that connection, the physical and the emotions together in, inside of you. Definitely. And, and, you know, I think that what you said is important. You know, I, I read a lot of books. I, I did lots of research um, and I could understand conceptually what those books were talking about. But it's like, I'm a human being, you know, I wake up in the yeah. morning and I'm angry and I go into the street and I just uh, feel somebody passing by. And what do I do with that? You know, uh, I'm a practical person and I, I want to know what to do today. To me, my, my book was the book that I wanted to read when I was having those problems because I had to figure it out the hard way as well. Like I had to be like, okay, girl, we're going to do trial and error and see where we get with that. I'm going to try that. And then I'm going to try this. To me, I wanted to write a book about what are the main problems and the challenges that we face and what are the possible solutions. And, you know, every solution is not for everybody. And that's okay too, because I feel that you need to tailor made those solutions. And if there's only 5% that is good for you, good, go for it. And if you need to change that or you need to explore other options, that is good as well. And so I give things to explore. Like I, I cannot talk about everything, but at least, I, you know, give some hints of other things that might work for people. So, yeah, I mean, I think we've all learned the hard way. And, and my hope is, is I wanted to get empathy to every single place of the world, because I think that empathy is what binds us. It's like the glue that uh, connects people. Sometimes we see empathy or sensitivity as something that is a weakness that we should be ashamed of, and we shouldn't. Uh, to me, it's a gift. These sensitivity allow us to connect with people from a deeper place in ourselves. And this has to be good. It's just a matter of, you know, learning how to ride the bike. Uh, to me, it's an empath gym. You need to go to the gym every day and train visibility. So the world doesn't eat you and you eat the world. But I don't like to see myself as a victim of anything because I feel that from a place of victimhood, life happens to you. And I want to believe that life happens as me because I co-create what I do every day and I have a responsibility on everything I do. So it's not on others to make my life better. It's definitely on me. Wow. Could you tell our listeners the name of your book and where they could find it? Yes. So my, my book is The Art of Empathy, El Arte de la Empatía in Spanish. Um, it's currently available on Amazon in Spanish, and I'm hoping that next year we'll have it in English. So I'm working on that. Can Shannon and I just call you and you could read us like a chapter at a time? <laughs> <laughs> we can try. We can try. <laughs> we can't wait that long. How can having empathy help us with the situation here in America. Yeah, so to me, empathy is core to talking to people, especially those people that have opposite views as you. 
because we have a tendency to be surrounded by people that confirm how we see reality. That is way too easy, guys. That is way too easy because if I am in a group that everybody thinks the same as me, I am not being challenged. I am not being questioned. I think that one of the biggest mistakes is that we think that having polarized views, it's what we have to do, right? I am in my group, you are in your group, we just don't mix and that's it. Everybody lives in their own world and we move on. But the beauty of empathy is that you can be in a room, you can be talking to somebody who has an opposite perspective of reality that has nothing to do with what you believe. You can still talk to that person. You can still understand where they are coming from. There might be things that you don't share, but there's also another important thing, and is that we mix a behavior that we don't agree with with who that person is. And this is something that we need to separate. I might not agree with something you do. This doesn't mean that I am against you. And maybe inside that behavior, underneath that behavior, there might be legitimate needs. There might be beliefs that although are contrary to mine, they have, they have a reason to be. And I won't understand that. But if we don't pierce to that layer where the beliefs are, where all those things lie, and we are just glamored by the behavior and those things that we don't agree with, we will never get to the core. We will never get to the bottom of what's truly happening. Because in the end, in most conflicts, there are things that are common. There is fear of the unknown, there is uncertainty, there is blaming a third party because we don't want to take responsibility for something. And we, we can never have those conversations if we are not in a space of empathy, in a space of understanding. And those who are in a better space to do that, I encourage everybody to do it. Sit down with someone that you disagree with. It's going to be great. You don't have to defend your position. This is not a battle. This is not about who wins, who's right. We are all right because we all have different backgrounds, different beliefs, different families, different stories. And I am not going to challenge your reality. Your reality is real. It's just not mine. So let's share. How do you see things? I see them this way. I see them that way. And that's okay. And there might be things we don't agree with. And that's okay as well. You know, it's Sometimes I feel that what we want is to bring people into our space. We don't have to do that. We don't have to do that. Because if we are truly listening from our heart, we are truly listening with a genuine interest to understand what is happening in that person's head. What is happening in that person's heart. It doesn't matter who's right or wrong. There is no such a thing as right or wrong. There are just things. And so to make such a good exercise Precisely when there are these polarized views, and I, I live in America, and, and to me, you know, I, I know nothing about politics, but uh, I, I've, I've been in conversations, right? And I was sort of the, the, the calm, peaceful one trying to get everybody in a space where there was this sharing. And I feel that some of you guys are in a position to do that. And these facilitate circles and facilitates conversations that are so needed because we are not that different in the end. It's just a matter of where are we talking from? If we're talking from attack and defense, 
it's going to hit the fan, you know. Uh, if we're talking from space of love and interest and genuine understanding, I'm sure we're going to have a wonderful conversation even if we don't agree. I love that. Remembering that we all have different backgrounds, remembering that we all have different beliefs and coming from a place of empathy and compassion. Definitely. And, and I feel that sometimes we assume way too much. We ask way too little. And this is a problem because if, if you make a face right now and I assume that you are disgusted, this is a story I'm making up in my head. Yeah. What, what was that about? And you tell me what it was about. Then there's no doubt. Yeah. I know that we can't understand somebody else's life because we haven't walked in their shoes, but trying to find that compassion and respect. Yeah. And, and I think curiosity is a, is a key part. You need to be interested yes. in someone else. Wanting story. to learn their note. Yes. If, if it doesn't come from a place of curiosity, it comes from a place of wanting to win the battle, right? And or judgment. To be able, yeah, judgment. So to be able to understand, you just need to be curious. You need to be like, you know, like it's something new. So why do you think that? Like, why is that? What happened to you? Shanna, I loved the quote that you put up on Sense of Soul on Instagram yesterday. Bren Brown, in order to empathize with someone's experience, you must be willing to believe them as they see it and not how you imagine their experience to be. Just like you said. Yeah. Yeah, definitely. Because, you know, we all have our own map of the world, right? And what we try to do most of the times is hammer our map into someone else's head. And this just doesn't work. It just doesn't. So you need to see reality as they see it. And the only way to do that is asking questions and having a safe space to talk about that. I love that. Thank you for sharing your opinion on that. I appreciate that so very much. You align with everything that Shannon and I represent. Self-love, self-awareness, Sharing is caring. That's what Sense of Soul is based on. That's how we started. Thank you for coming on. No, thank you. I mean, it's, it's such a comfortable space. It seems to me that we have been talking like forever. <laughs> I know. How can our listeners find you if they want to hear more of you? So they can find me on Instagram, R, or on my website, meditigarciaroach.com. I'll give you all the links because my name okay, is good. Please. But uh, but yeah, I'm very active on Instagram, and they can see you know my book and my services on my website. So I hope you come say hi. <laughs> oh my gosh, I absolutely adore you. Seriously. Again, this is probably one of Shanna and I's most favorite topics is empathy, and I am so glad to see that you put a book out there and shared your experience because, like Shanna said, it, there's not a lot out there about just empathy and it really truly is a topic that i believe people need to learn more about especially young children because they don't understand it i did not hear that word and empath until i was 36 years old i had no clue what it meant i had no idea why i was absorbing people's feelings and this pain i was feeling physically sometimes even so if I would have known all of this when I was younger, it could have made such a huge difference in my life. I mean, who knows? I'm grateful for my past. I have no regrets, but it would have been such a blessing to be able to understand myself. So thank you for, for putting this out there. 
do you offer any services like one-on-one uh, -on -one counseling or training to individuals? Yeah, so I do, I do coaching one-on-one. -on -one. Uh, I do groups, uh, group coaching, and then I do trainings and uh, in companies. Um, I also do different projects, like um, I'm working currently uh, in some uh, small little societies and stuff that uh, they are building houses in, in a community. And so how to create that agreement, let's say, on how are they going to cooperate with one another. So it's a really beautiful project on, on how to make empathy really be the driver on how people communicate. I love it. Do you do any online classes at all or one-on-one -on -one online or Zoom? Yes, I, I do. Awesome. We will post all of your uh, social media and your website under our episode description. And thank you for being the beautiful soul that you are. <laughs> thank you. It's been my pleasure. You're great. Uh, yeah. I really enjoyed it. It was great. Thank you. Oh, thank you. Thank you. All right. You have a beautiful day. You too. I'll talk to you soon, okay? Okay, <laughs> yes, great. Please. Thanks for being with us today. We hope you will come back next week. If you like what you hear, don't forget to rate, like, and subscribe. Thank you. We rise to lift you up. Thanks for listening.